This episode of The Patch is sponsored by NatureBox, where you can order great-tasting, healthy snacks right to your door. Snack smarter in the new year with healthy and delicious treats like French Toast Granola. Support this podcast and get 50% off your first order. Go to naturebox.com slash thepatch. One word, that's naturebox.com slash thepatch. Stop schlepping to the drugstore and paying $20 for shave tech you don't need. For a couple bucks a month, dollarshaveclub.com delivers amazing quality razors right to your door. Shave time, shave money with Dollar Shave Club. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash rooster. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash rooster. Hey, hey it's the patch. Welcome to the patch where we delve into the mysteries of the video game universe and why they're screen burning on that monitor over there. This week's it's episode a of the Don't patch worry, it's a mouse. is brought to you, or is brought to you, starring Gus, Ryan, Bernie. Well, wait, it was supposed to be Bernie, but Ashley, Ashley. Yeah, <laughs> and Gus. Um, uh, so well, there you go. Start the time. Oh, have begun. Look at that. You got a lot of shit for forgetting that. I know. That. I get shit for doing it and shit for not doing it. It's a no win scenario. That's because you're on the internet. I know. <laughs> That's right. So this week, bunch of topics, bunch of very controversial hot button topics. Some sad. Some sad. So I think, uh, you know, obviously the, the big one that happened this week just happened the other day was the shuttering of Irrational Game Studio. Wait, so is the studio shutting down or is it just reducing to 15 people? Sort of shutting down, but it's actually reducing to 15 people, but it's essentially shutting down because they're they're offloading all of their um, people and their games. Yeah, all the IPs moving on. Yeah, it's basically like Ken Levine said, hey, I want a new studio, I want to do this whole new thing, but instead of leaving and starting a new thing with 15 dudes, he just laid everyone off. Yeah. No, in the nicest way possible. In the nicest way possible. Like, everyone still has, you know, access to the studio, and they can put their portfolios together, and Irrational and 2K and Take-Two are all facilitating recruitment, and they're doing all this stuff. So that's nice. It doesn't mean they didn't all just lose their jobs. Yeah, niceness doesn't pay the rent. It's always weird, though. It's strange that they would let the name recognition of that go away. Uh, I mean, Irrational Games is falling off, or the map, essentially, with this move, Mm -hmm. sort of. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh, I read an article on Joystick about it. It seemed like they were handing over. Yeah, they're handing over the Bioshock universe to Two K, mm-hmm. and Bioshock Two was developed by Two K Marin, independent of Irrational. So uh, something that doesn't speak necessarily well for the future of Bioshock. But didn't didn't Two K Marin end up getting shut down already? I'm gonna look I, this I, up I believe because you are I think correct. they got think shut they, down. They did get shut down. And it, but Marin was also created from ex Irrational developers. Yes, after the original Bioshock. And they also worked on Bioshock Two with Two K Australia, which was headed for a while. Not sure if it was during this period by Jonathan Che, who helped found Irrational. My head hurts. And is. 2K Australia still around, or did they get shuttered as well? They might have got shuttered I as well. I think they got shut down a couple years ago as well. It sounds did. like musical chairs at this point. Like, oh, we're all moving over here. Dude, now we're moving that's, over there. Honestly, that's like the studios. That's what they do. Who, it's such who a volatile thought, business. It, you know, They're it, all it, looking glass. 12 months ago, with the hype leading up to Bioshock Infinite, and even through the launch and the, the, the commercial and critical success of Bioshock Infinite, if you pulled someone aside and said, hey, in 12 months, Irrational's going to be gone. They're, these people are not going to have jobs anymore. They'd be like, you are fucking crazy. How right. dare you? And here we are. You, they did everything right. Right? I mean, yeah. they shipped a game that made a ton of money. They shipped a game that people overwhelmingly loved. It was and critically still, and commercially acclaimed. It's still, sorry, guys. I'm only taking 15 people with me to my next project. Yeah, that sucks. Like, at some point, there's just nothing you can do. Yeah, it's like you did it's everything right. It's not they didn't succeed. Right. 
it's it's well, a fucked up situation. I mean, some of that though is not just about what you did do, but what you're planning on doing. And if your future prospects aren't that good, then uh, yeah, I mean, I, there was a. I'm see. I don't know if I have the the quote here, but I want to say back in October, uh, Ken Levine was asked what his plans were, what Irrational's plans were, uh, post Bioshock Infinite DLC. And he said he had said at the time. I don't have the quote here in front of me. He had said at the time that he had not looked beyond finishing uh, the Bioshock Infinite DLC. And now we know why. Oh, yeah, I mean, which and I still think they probably have a lot of room they sh- should probably play with for that DLC window too. I mean, I I don't know how many much more they've got planned after the uh, burial at sea, but I don't know that they've really gotten their money's worth out of season passes yet. I don't think they have any DLC planned after. I that. think this is I it. Mean, yeah. It's the, pretty um, weak. Well, for so a season pass. not necessarily. Look at it this way: you can buy each of the Burial at Sea episodes standalone for fifteen dollars. They're fifteen each. So that's thirty dollars total, plus whatever that Clash in the sh- Clash in the Clouds shit was. Um, that would have been another what? Let's say ten, yeah. fifteen, mm-hmm. maybe alone. So that's forty-five. But the season pass pass costs twenty standalone. So it's essentially just a discount. Well, yeah, but I mean, you can say I've got four twenty-dollar peanuts. I mean, they're still not worth $20 a piece. Like, you're just that's overvaluing true. something that's not really... But you also knew how many pieces of DLC were planned for the season pass going into it. Correct. If enough. you decided that yeah. it wasn't worth that, then you already knew. That's true. Yeah, so going into it, you're you're full aware. You should be full aware before you commit well, to a purchase like that. you say that. that, but then you may not have expected that Burial Sea Episode 1 would be like an hour and a half. It wasn't an hour and a half. You're just exaggerating now. It I'm not a, exaggerating. It was a couple of hours at least. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I gypped him of half an hour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From an hour and a half to two hours. Oh, two hours. Yeah. Well, um, That's th- where the extra 10 bucks of value was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it depends if you're a completionist as well. As a completionist, you can make that last. <laughs> but it is I, – I do agree that it is an, it's making an effort to make it take as long as possible. And that's a little bit silly. Okay. This this new one's supposed to be longer, but not that much longer. It's going to be five to six hours for the completionists. Okay, that sounds better. Yeah, that's that's more reasonable. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, that, that sucks for everyone working out there. Hopefully, uh, I know a lot of other people, a lot of other studios in the game industry have reached out to uh, people affected by the rational layoffs. So hopefully, they'll they'll land good jobs elsewhere in the industry. Obviously, they do good work. You know. Yeah, um, I guess Crytek Austin is hiring. Hey. In other news, there's a Crytek studio in Austin. <laughs> yeah, they opened uh, a little over a year ago. I had um, no idea. Me either. Yeah, I completely missed that. Yeah, uh, there's there's a there's a lot of stuff happening in Austin now. Uh, it's it's having a kind of a resurgence uh, also, in the gaming can industry. They not do that because I already can't drive to work. <laughs> Come on, don't be one of those people. <laughs> um, really? No, I Look, mean Austin. <laughs> the other place where people live and stuff. It's on my shirt. It's true. The stuff they do isn't driving. It's them, not driving. It's, it's sitting in traffic. Is the <laughs> stuff that they do. Uh, one of the other things I want to talk about this week which is huge in the news, is Twitch plays Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Which, for the two people who haven't heard about it yet, it's a a Twitch channel where someone wrote software so that chat inputs control a game of Pokemon Red. Or Blue. I forget which one it is. I think it's Red. It's Pokemon Red. And uh, so everyone who's watching in the stream can type commands into chat, which get translated there and then get fed into the... uh, the the ROM of the game. So it's right now. I, when I last looked right before I came over, there were like eighty thousand people watching. So essentially, playing this game meant for one person to play. Um, I brought uh, Jordan out to talk with us uh, a little bit about it. Jordan's another huge uh, Twitch plays Pokemon fan, so we'll get him on uh, on the mic here in just a second to talk about it. And I'm you know I'm not the I'm not a big Pokemon fan. I played Pokemon X and Y, and I really wasn't drawn into it. But for some reason, 
Twitch plays Pokemon is like a soap opera to me. Like all this uh, story it's, that it's people have developed around what's happening. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you over there, Jordan? You ready for us to, to chat with you? Because the way I heard about Twitch plays Pokemon first was via Jordan. He, uh, I think Ray and him had a Twitter exchange about it. And uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts about, uh, about the whole thing, Jordan? Jordan well, does uh, the animated adventure. I found everybody. it. Ray had tweeted it. And I'm actually like checking updates right now to see what's going on still. Um, but I was just, I was casually watching it. I wasn't aware of like the narrative that was going on until like you told me it was like a soap opera. And when I saw it like that, it was, you know, it got really interesting. And they had a, you know, there's like the religions that have spawned from it and like the what? whole pol- political debate. Is there like yeah. fan fiction? Are they, yeah, well, it's like people, people well, create this <laughs> fictional story around what's happening. Uh, based on like the, ca- the 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 interactions of the character and the world, they're like getting attached to like the Pokemon in the party and stuff. And like since it's like madness of like inputting numbers or the uh, commands and stuff, like they get accidentally released and then like <laughs> they get really sad. So like we've lost uh, the starter who was nicknamed Abby because its name was A B B B K parentheses. <laughs> so they just nicknamed her Abby. And then uh, Jay Leno, who was a, a Rattata, got released too. But all of this was because of the Eevee debate, which ended up being viewed as like like the devil, like the anti-Helix fossil, which is like the god. And then it's really – it's, re- it's there's so much going on. Wait, it's so great. What I'm taking away from this is somehow a crowd of people managed to type Jay Leno in one go. No, well, they, no. they, they called it J-V-L-N-O-O. Yeah, they – it's just a random assortment of letters that people try to, like, make a word out of. Oh, I thought we'd had that whole monkeys and Shakespeare thing going down here for a minute. No, All right. no. So it, it, it turns out like that. I think that's the analogy uh, Jordan told me was that it was like, you know, having a million monkeys trying to type out Shakespeare. <laughs> and you get, it's really frustrating because you get to points where you're watching the character do something that should just take seconds. And they'll be stuck there for hours. Exactly. Right uh, now they're trying to teach a Pokemon a move using a TM and they can't open the menu and get to the correct. Well, now well, nope. They got stuck in Team Rocket's hideout too, didn't they? How long were they stuck there? It was about a day. It ended up, the guy who runs it ended up taking the stream down and implementing a system where you can vote for what's called democracy, which is everyone will vote for a move and then that move will be inputted and then you can vote or anarchy, which is the traditional classic way. So basically, we're learning about forms of government on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like and it's how like, religions it's, it's, are formed. The best part about the anarchy democracy voting is there's a meter, and you can watch where the where the voting is and watch it swing between anarchy and democracy. And you have to get a seventy five percent vote for one or the other in order for it to change. So <laughs> as people get stuck and frustrated. People will start to try to vote for democracy to, to like streamline it. Okay, so once there's democracy, do they hold elections? Like, how do they decide the leaders who are going to input? Every 10 seconds, the move that has received the most votes gets input into the game. So, how long before we see this meter on Fox? <laughs> <laughs> the wow. call in vote. Uh, I mean, do we, are we going to implement this like with our government? This could, could work. <laughs> this could work. This is, this is in it's, fact, govern, governing by the masses. Make sure you go to your voting booth every day to input the moves you think that the government should take uh, before the end of the day. Or anarchy. Last. Or anarchy. And then it's just everyone for themselves. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's really, really fascinating. I've been, I've been loving watching It's like a social experiment. I think it Jordan, is a social experiment. <laughs> I think when Jordan first saw it, he said that he saw like 2,000 people in the stream. Yeah, and, and now then last night it got up to 112,000 people. Bernie, how'd you get over there? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you guys. So obviously Twitch is 
growing by leaps and bounds. They signed those deals with PlayStation. They signed the deals with Xbox for sharing. Which, which still has yet to well, come yeah, to fruition. We haven't seen the Xbox one yet. But is this like is this like one of those moments where Twitch now becomes cemented in the gaming culture? Like these are the kind of thing, things that happen that you can't put a price on. You can't engineer this kind of thing. It just has it has to happen organically. Yeah. What this makes me think of is early in uh, the YouTube days. You know, YouTube had not fully achieved you know the cultural relevance that it has now. Uh, I think the big video that got them started was Lazy Sunday, the first SNL digital short. Because uh, someone uploaded that to YouTube, and then everyone started sharing it, and that's how YouTube became cemented in people's minds. Was you know, it wasn't even an official upload. It was also a, Janet Jackson. It was a nipple, but sure, all right. Well, YouTube is um, pretty much started as just reposting of, of right. copyright stuff, which is one of the things that makes the uh, whole copyright strike thing that's been happening recently that much more amusing. Yeah, sort of. You have to laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that this uh, Twitch plays Pokemon is the kind of thing that's that m- makes. That raises their visibility. I mean, I saw a fucking article on the front page of CNN.com about this. Uh, you know, linking yeah. to it and talking <laughs> about it. And purple, pe- purple people who typically get their news like that is not necessarily a core Twitch audience. Uh, do you think it's the kind of people? Do you think people seeing that on CNN though would then go to Twitch? But they're and check na- that out now. They're aware of it because I mean, they, and they could exists. navigate around and see other things. I mean, that, I can, that may appeal to them. I can see how that would be newsworthy, but I, I still don't know. That there's a lot of crossover audience there between CNN and people that want to watch gaming. There are people there who will. I'm not saying everyone. Yeah, it'd be a very small slice of the Venn diagram. But when the Venn diagram's a huge number, a small slice is still significant. That's true. So I think it's I think it's it's huge. I think, honestly, my takeaway from this was not so much that hey, look at this Twitch thing. Is that IRC still exists? <laughs> that's how the, the commands are fed into it, right? It's all IRC can, based. I think you can either do the Twitch chat or an IRC server. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I know you got an animated adventure to get back to, Jordan. No, I'm going to so go watch the stream work. some more. You're going to go watch the stream some more. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us, man. Bernie suggests a Twitch plays Flappy Bird. <laughs> well, there's the Flappy Bird MMO now. There's what? Have yeah. you not seen that? Yeah. FlappMMO.com. Uh-huh. Oh, God. It is Flappy Bird recreated that? in a Flash game where you're in a server with like 200 other people going at the same time. So you see your bird and you see the ghosts of all the other birds currently going. Oh, there it is. We got it up on screen right now. Uh, which, by the way, I it resets every few minutes. Like, So it's not the same series of tunnels every time. They look like at bugs. The, they kind of do. <laughs> At the bottom, it also shows you stats for like how what the percentage of people are that have made it a certain distance. And if you get the furthest on that server, you get a little crown. Oh, really? Yeah, I got to keep one of those for like twelve seconds after it reset. One how time. far did you go? I wasn't that far. It was like twelve. Oh man, I can totally get a crown. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could because it resets. Yeah, like every I don't know how many minutes, and then just the, you know the first person to go the furthest will get that crown. Nice. I'm totally gonna play until I get a crown. Nope. <laughs> still not gonna touch it. But that does look like more fun. Come on, Flappy Bird's really fun. Nope. Yeah. You, well, here's the thing: is it seems like since Flappy Bird has left a power vacuum, as it were, you know what's coming to take its place is fucking threes. Threes. <laughs> I still haven't tried it. Everyone's talking about threes. Well, you got a Bernie's problem with math been, or what? Bernie's been playing nothing but threes to the point where I have this. It's like the soundtrack for it stuck in my head every morning when I wake up, and I don't play it. I, I, do you have anything to, to say about the, 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 the explosion of threes, Bernie? Here is the best testament I can give to how addictive threes is, is that this morning I deleted it. I just – I had a, <laughs> like one of those moments of clarity where it's like I got to get rid of this game and I deleted it. I, I, I was chasing a high score that I was probably never going to beat. But I guess I talked about it last week. That yeah. it, was, it was like it's not math exactly. It's more like pattern matching. It's super addictive. It sounds like – the thing that would consume me. 
Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, f- I feel hesitant to try it. Have I you mean, tried iron pants yet? No, I'm wearing cloth pants. Iron pants is like the, did you ever play Flappy Bird, Gus? Did you even like it? Yeah, I love Flappy Bird. It's a great okay. game. So Iron Pants is like a hard version of Flappy Bird. A hard oh. version. Yeah. So you're a bird, but you're wearing Iron Pants, so you're, you're really heavy. It's more like, the, I think people were saying that Flappy Bird, I never played it, was a lot like the mechanic in the copter game that was popular. Yeah. This is like a superhero version of that where you're flying through like building pipes, essentially, but you're doing it by holding the, not tapping, but holding to make him go up and letting go and let him go down. And it's, it's my high score is 12 after playing it. Pretty consistently for about two hours. Wow. If yeah. you win, do you get a set of iron pants? <laughs> <laughs> iron pants are separate DLC microtransactions. <laughs> $59.99. I feel like Bernie is now like the mobile game expert. No, uh, yeah, either that or uh, I've, been, I've been back into Minecraft, but who wants to hear about Minecraft? We started a Minecraft server for sponsors, and that has been an interesting experiment. I set up a version of the server where if you die, you get banned, kicked and banned from the server, and you lose all your stuff. Are you going to reset that every so often? Or is it, it just it's become, be? Ryan, it's become like a Lord of the Flies experiment. <laughs> it, people have just lost it. There, there, there have been people that have been on it, I think, for like 24 hours straight at this point. So I you're saying going yesterday. on now would be a very bad idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's actually people that are pretty helpful. I'm dead. I got killed by a creeper. It happens. You get banned by your own server? <laughs> I did. I'm banned. I'm banned. I can't go on anymore. It was also interesting, because I've, I've never played um, Minecraft on a server before, mm-hmm. just like, you know... The, the four of us playing together. And it was amazing seeing all these people come to this world. Just They just all pop in and suddenly start building shit. Completely random. They just, someone makes a tower into the sky. It's in the shape of a giant pyramid for no reason. There are all these sky bridges going every which way. It's insane. Hmm. I have no idea. Like, I, I have... it makes me wonder how long, like, servers that have been around for a while, what do they look like? Bernie once told uh, an interesting story about how when he first started playing uh, Minecraft with his son, I'll let, I'll let you get on there and talk, and, and talk about it, about uh, their experiences getting onto servers for the first time that they had uh, you know, received from other people at first. Uh, I don't know if you're ready over there. Do you want to talk about it, Burns? Yeah. Uh, so we would, I rented a server uh, for us to play on, and I didn't know enough about it, the server commands when we first started our world to know how to reset it. Uh, so we just played on the world for probably a month or two, and then we slowly, as we ventured out, as we were building things, we started to find other abandoned settlements by people who had rented the server before us. So then it was crazy because it was just like it was like finding like ruins from other civilizations. It was fun. It was a, it was a, one of the most unique gameplay experiences I've ever had. Yeah, that sounds you know like you said. I mean, that, I, I picture it just like that, where you find these ruins, you're like. What were they thinking? Like, what was the purpose of this machine? All of a sudden, it you're playing sounds... Tomb Raider, and you just didn't even realize it. <laughs> it sounds very Indiana Jones. I like it. Yeah. You, you, do they have fedoras? You have, you have to hope that they trapped everything. Yeah. The giant boulders. Yes. You don't we were just mainly some... disappointed because their buildings were way better than our buildings. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to let out some giant evil that's been corked under the earth. I kind of um, I hope they left death traps behind, just as a little memento that'd be for awesome. anyone that came to explore later. You would say that. I suggested Bernie I would set say up that. a whole bunch of trapped chests. <laughs> already did it oh, uh, yeah. i set up a trap chest this morning but they fa- i found i was offline and saw it in the server chat they ferreted it out and what? took my diamonds lame <laughs> jackasses <laughs> anyway it's a lot of fun it's a fun experiment so cool thanks for letting me come on the patch yeah yeah uh, mr fusion says that he lasted two minutes on the wow. hardcore server wow 
Uh, maybe I won't check it out. Maybe I'll wait till the middle of the night when everyone's asleep, and then I'll check it out. Donald, it doesn't sound like people are sleeping. It sounds like they've formed society. Well, when there's less people. They're maybe, ordering pizza and just staying in. And maybe they're voting between anarchy and democracy every 10 minutes. <laughs> Can we add a slider to that? That would be great. <laughs> yeah, vote for the overlord. Let me read this thing here. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Buying razor sucks, right? You got to trudge to the store, get the key to that plastic razor, fortress thingy. Why do they do that? I fucking hate that. Uh, and then shell out 20 bucks for, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where what? they have, like, you have yeah, to get an employee to come unlock the It's like a fucking flash drive. You have to get someone to come walk over there and let you in. Uh, and then shell out 20 bucks for some ridiculous shave tech you don't even need. Uh, my razor worked fine without vibrating handle or laser pointers. Fortunately, there's a company doing away with laser all that ridiculousness. Pointers. It's called Dollar Shave Club, and it couldn't be simpler. For a few bucks a month, Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors and other bathroom stuff right to your door. Their blades are just as good as the big shave companies at a fraction of the price. They've also got Dr. Carver's Easy Shave Butter to make your shave even more buttery smooth. And you got to try One Wipe Charlie's, their new peppermint-infused butt wipes for men. That's in the copy. Did butt you say wipes. butt wipes? Butt wipes for men. They tingle in a good way. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, shave time, shave money. Right. Join now at dollarshaveclub.com slash rooster. Do they have butt wipes for ladies? I mean, I'm curious about this. Uh, you're... you're- too dainty is, is, for it. Is, You're not is, ready for the butt wipes for men. Is there any such thing as a good butt tingle? It's, I'm interested. See, it's strong intrigued. enough for a man and actually made for a man. <laughs> unlike, unlike secret deodorant. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting experiment. <laughs> uh, no, it's pretty good. It's good stuff. You should definitely check it out. You know, uh, you really wanted me, you now have really made me want a laser-targeted <laughs> system. <laughs> Why? I never understood the point of those, like, vibrating razors. It's so, it seems so dumb to me. All it's, I uh, want... Is I the the idea of having razor blades delivered? Do you know how long I go between buying razor blades because they're all locked up? <laughs> it's like the first one lasts like a week, and the second one is like a month. And by the end, I'm like, this one's gonna go six months <laughs> before, before I'm out. No, you can definitely get around that. Um, so one of the other, like I said at the top of the show, tons of stuff to talk about this week. Titanfall beta, Titanfall beta, which I have played to death. I have played that beta. I think every waking hour I've spent at home has been playing that beta. Well, you might want to leave early after this because it's shutting down at 6 p.m. Pacific. Yes. Officially, although I think they um, they said they might test. Yeah, they said like they're going to test on the servers a server six. patch deployment. And if it fails, the beta's over. But if it succeeds, then they'll test it a little longer. I assume you're playing on the one. You're not playing, yeah, on, PC. playing on the Xbox okay. one. Uh, you know, I, the most interesting to me about playing that game so far has been. Uh, especially in like the hard point mode, which is kind of your standard kind of capture the point mode. Yeah. Uh, you forget that it's 6v6 so quickly because there's so many NPCs running around. It feels like a much larger scale battle. And how are the NPCs? Like, are they... Uh, honestly, they're no threat at all. Okay. I mean, it's almost, they're there as fodder for it's, you to shoot. It's it's a lot like creep in a MOBA where yeah. they slow you down maybe a little bit, but they're... Not a big deal. Okay, but, so they're just creeps. Yeah, gotcha. I, at least in, if it stays the way it is now, the unlock system for all of your weapons is based on your killing the grunts, not killing other pilots for a lot of them. I'm sure there are some other thing, unlocks that are pilot-specific, but a lot of things like opening up scopes, and things that used to be player kills in Call of Duty uh, are now based on killing these NPC characters. So you can still get lots so, of unlocks again, even though you're only playing like 66. a MOBA. You have to kill all the creep That's in true. order to power up and get better items to then do better yeah. in the fight. It's it's a very interesting way to pull that concept out of like League of Legends and Smite and then apply it to a, a, an FPS style game. And I'm really a big fan. Smart. Yeah, and also they have uh, the burn card system 
Or hey, you... can you explain that? Because I don't like. I've been seeing a lot about burn cards, but I don't know what that means. So they're like one-use power-ups. They're like you get a deck of cards essentially, and then you can unlock in the beta. You can unlock up to three slots. So out of your deck, you pick three power-ups you think you'll want during the next match, and at any time you can activate them, and they stay active until you die. So, like, one of the burn cards, for example, is, like, echolocation. And you can see through the walls and see where all your allies and enemies are across the entire map. It's basically, uh, like, Ray put it best, I think. It's basically the call streak system, or the, the uh, kill streak system from Call of Duty, only, like, on demand and not based on kills. So, this is an FPS, a MOBA, and a collectible card game. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. The it, cards it, it, are just something you get at the end of every round. Yeah. It's uh, not, it's not, and, but there are different rarities of cards. There are. Yeah, and you but but you cannot at least in the beta you can't acquire them via microtransaction. It's just you just have to. Kill I don't think you could trade them stuff. or yeah. you just had them. And you, there's a max number you can carry, so you have to discard them. Well, periodically it, it, it incents you. It, it gives you incentive to constantly be using them. Yeah, that's which is true. great. It, it's not like oh, I've got to hold on to this card because it's going to be forever until I get another one. Yeah, I was one. totally hoarding them when I first started because I, I was just like, oh, I might need this. I don't know when I'm going to need this. Yeah. It's still hard for me to do that though. I like I, I my instinct is always to hold on to things forever. Yeah. So uh, once you get over that, though, there's a lot of really fun cards you can throw in there, yeah. especially ones that will give you like a Titan almost instantly. There's, there's one that uh, allows you to, as soon as you get into Titan, have your, um, your Titan ability ready, like overcharge uh-huh. or overkill for the damage. So I love using that the one damage core. in uh, yeah, damage core. In Last Titan Standing, I'll just fill up my deck with three of those because as soon as the game starts, then you can activate quad core or uh, the the damage uh-huh. to do quad damage, and no one's expecting that right at the beginning of the game. You like run up and just start fucking killing other titans. I see, you got to say, I still am not a huge fan of that game type. Not just for Titanfall, for any game. The last team standing, last titan standing. Uh, I just I, want, I don't want to wait that long between games to play a game. Mm, I see. But so then hey. you're saying you suck and you die quickly. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm on the ground watching the whole game go by and I'm tired of it. <laughs> and I don't want to wait in the lobby so I can do it again. So there's apparently another interesting thing is that I guess the Titanfall developers have been keeping a couple of cards quite close to their chest. Eh, cards. Eh. Anyway. I see what you do there. <laughs> um, but th- there's going to be like giant monsters to fight. What? Yeah. Apparently. What so in this, in this art book that's not out yet, it goes – it shows like these enormous monsters well you know like not mech monsters they haven't really explored like it seemed like from a lot of the the stuff they put out earlier there was going to be some kind of loose story tied in there a little bit like they would at least have dialogue where they were showing guys like dropping dudes in holes and things uh which in their e3 demo uh there was where (laughs) when you were getting ready to land there was like or you there was the meeting the huddle all the people were talking and then you go out and do your mission i assume that's still in there well, I mean, obviously, if you're playing like multiplayer, you don't want to be bothered with that every time you start a game. You don't right. want to sit through that same cutscene right. every time. At the same time, playing it, it's really hard not to go, why isn't there any single player to this? Because there are people like me and, and people I work with that, who you know, I don't know why I called them that, <laughs> who uh, would like to play some kind of single player campaign for that. I know it's more development time, but it's an interesting system. I don't know why you wouldn't I, 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 do I, that. I thought that at first, until I started really playing the beta a lot, I think the multiplayer is so much fun. And I'm normally not a big multiplayer online FPS guy. The multiplayer is so fun, I'll be happy with this. Well, there's also that... So there's a lot of games out there that have cam- they have their campaign and that's really strong. And then they tack on multiplayer for no particular reason. That's just like a box that they feel like they need to tick. Um, and it's not necessarily good for the game because it splits their focus off of just having an amazing campaign. Maybe they decided that just like you don't always need multiplayer in a game, you don't always need single player. I mean... 
I don't know. It's a risky move. Didn't work for Shadowrun. Last generation, just putting that out there. But maybe people are ready now to have games that don't have campaigns. Games that where the entirety of the development focus was on that one multiplayer experience. Yeah. And, and you know, going... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little pivot here based on, your, uh, pivot. Based on your, your, your dialogue there. So there's another game in development coming out soon that announced it's not going to have any multiplayer. They're just doing single player. And that's The Order 1886. Uh, which is, uh, they showed a cinematic trailer for it at E3. It's like the steampunk, neo-Victorian, werewolf hunter, badass crew. That's uh, like the best adjectives you could have put in one sentence. <laughs> and you just, I'm, I'm you re- mixed them all. I'm it, really excited for that game. And it makes it sound way better than their marketing, which is like a supernatural thriller. Yeah. No. <laughs> that sounds way better like That like one's for free, Steam- whoever's yeah. developing the Order 1886. Gus's punchline, much better. Steampunk werewolf <laughs> hunters sounds Neo Victorian. Neo Victorian. I'm yeah. so sorry. Neo Victorian steampunk <laughs> werewolf badass hunters or whatever. Play the tape. You'll. That's it. Uh, yeah, and they released another cinematic trailer and uh, some gameplay. But here's the thing: those aren't cinematic trailers. Those are all in-engine trailers. Right. So, and that well, that was the interesting thing was that the the trailers look so great. They're working on having that seamless transition between cutscenes and then actual gameplay. Yeah, and they said they're planning on using that sort of filmic kind of camera. In the gameplay as well. Right. So there was, mm. um, I saw there was a bit of gameplay where a guy, you know, takes a, a running leap across, um, like from one roof to another, and it looks, it looks like a movie, like just that that way that sort of like judders behind and he's like, like following you along as or? you're as you're like flying through the air. It looks really incredible. Hmm. And uh, well, you got to be careful with that though, because if you just fucks around with the, uh, you know, the camera movement too much while you're trying to do things like platforming it becomes really awkward and really annoying really fast yes so it'll be down to the execution but what i saw so far was pretty impressive or it could be a deal where the camera's locked off static until you do the jump then it cuts to a more cinematic right. camera to show you actually doing your the character's jump. movement is now locked right like it's right. you've made the jump you're good right where, just relax when you're in the air and where you're going to land that's been set already <laughs> so just watch the outcome of, of that all right, maybe. I can see that happening. So the developer is uh, Ready at Dawn. I don't know that they've done anything previously. I think it's a new studio uh, created for this project. I assume you're fact-checking that. I am fact-checking that right now. So I see they're... Uh, they're yeah. located in Irvine, and it's composed of former members of Nutty Dog and Blizzard. Uh, so they've formed, made some good stuff. They've been around since 2003. Oh, never mind. Um, they worked on games for PSP. Um, so they did some PSP, um, God of War, and Daxter. Their works, Daxter, God of War, Chains of Olympus, Okami, uh, the Wii version of Okami, not the, okay. not the PS2 version. Um, and then a couple more God of War games, and now they're working on The Order. Hmm. Um, I'm super stoked for it. I can't wait. It's, uh, it's one of the games I'm really looking forward to. I would have uh, fact-checked too, but Eli stole my iPad back. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, no, I'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a few games that I'm like really looking forward to, and I feel like are great examples of original IP that are coming out this year. Uh, it's definitely Titanfall, Destiny, Evolve, and The Order 1886 uh, are all like the, the the games I'm like waiting and so eagerly for. I feel like the biggest problem The Order is going to have is no one can remember the year. 1886. 1886. You've got it right. Yeah. But um, so we, we covered it. It's in my news. job to get it right. We covered it in <laughs> news yesterday, and like every comment was like 1889. 1866 just like i mean that's a that's a very random year to try to remember so if i mean i guess they've got like numbers. the order mm-hmm. part for the that one. everyone will know it by but there you go Duh. maybe, the, maybe the they'll have a that. sequel of 
1887. Except it's 1886, not 1868. No, 18 plus 68 is 86. Yeah. It's all yeah. the same. Oh, yeah. Okay, good point. <laughs> math. This is why I don't want to be playing threes. <laughs> this is my life. It's the prison So if they I could have. take math and they could mix it up somehow with check- checking people's documentation, that would just be the end of so, your life. Speaking of which. <laughs> did you I, read my mind? I, I saw the segue coming. The, Uh-oh. What's th- that? There was uh, a Civilization Five. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, mod. Mod. That was created to, I don't know. <laughs> no, it was created. I'm so excited. It's this so, newfangled thing where it they was, change a game. It was created to replicate the country from Papers, Please in Civilization Five. Huh. Uh, so you can uh, download it and install it. I don't know if I have it here. My notes here it is. Uh, so they become one of the playable nations. You need the Brave New World, uh, add-on to Civ Five in order to make it work. Yeah, there it is. And, uh, you can get it going. And it's got it's got its own custom tweaks. So I'm just reading this description here. Um, it has its own custom border guard unit, a cheaper version of the rifleman that gets combat bonuses when fighting on native soil. Um, there's a border checkpoint building which adds protection from spies and produces extra gold each turn. Um, and it begins the game with its custom glory to Arstotska. Arstotska trait, which increases worker production at the cost of population happiness and city growth speed. <laughs> and all cities start off with a free worker. So they customized it pretty well. Like it's, it's definitely, it's thought out. would you say it's true to your paperwork simulator? I, I think so. It seems, it seems right. <laughs> it just feels so, right. I have not had a chance to play it yet. I own Civ 5. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's, it's one of the things I'm looking forward to trying. I out. was kind of hoping that it was going to be more even focused in than that. Take this game about you know, uh, planetary dominance and just focus it down to this guy at the border. <laughs> <laughs> you build this nation, then it's like, okay, that part's done. Now just hang out here. Make sure no one comes in. That's where Papers, Please comes in, though. Yeah. Oh, you just have to change games. It's like the right. micro game. It's like the, the game in the game. It's like now loading. Ah, okay. Segway. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely excited about that. Um, also, one of the other things I want to talk about this week is The Last of Us DLC, Left Behind, finally came out. Uh, I still haven't played it. I've been too tied up with uh, the Titanfall beta since I knew that was going away. I was like, I'm going to play the Titanfall beta. Then once that's gone, I'm going to go back and look at the uh, Last of Us DLC. Um, I'm super, super excited about checking that out. And also, the documentary uh, called Grounded, which followed the team as they were making The Last of Us, is out for free. If you have uh, Amazon Video, you can watch it. Um, and it's the same crew. It's made by Area Five, who are the people who had the Kickstarter for the Outer Lands documentary, which oh. we had talked about last week, and we talked about in the RT podcast. These guys are busy. Yeah. So uh, if you have Amazon Video, check it out. I don't, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's definitely something I'd be I'd be interested in checking out. So is that where the future of uh, behind the scenes type stuff, this you know, special features, is going? Is just free videos released uh, by third party companies? Uh, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, if you think back to like the Halo Two uh, special edition, like, you know, they had extra docu- a supplementary documentary disc. Was it all supplementary the documentary? Right. Yeah. So it's like you have all of this supplemental content made. This seems like the evolution of that, where you hire, you know, a dedicated production team. That way, you're not taking away from game resources. And you have people who are there just to film your behind-the-scenes stuff. Do you think did they hire these people to come in and do it, or did these people go? That's something that I should make a video about. I'm really curious uh, because I you mean, put me on the spot. And I don't know. I feel bad. I'm sorry. And I don't know that that's an answer that a question that anybody would have asked and put in an article because uh, I think a lot of times they're just like there's other companies that say we want to do something here. It seems like they would, right? They, I mean, they, were, they were probably brought in to do it because from what I'm reading here, if you had a Last of Us season pass, you can watch it. Oh. Okay. That's like, that was the only way to watch it. And now it's on uh, Amazon Instant. 
Was there much to get with the, the Last of Us season pass? Uh, well, you got the the single player DLC and a couple of multiplayer DLCs yeah. as well. There's okay. one multiplayer DLC that already came out, I think, at yes. least one, and then there's this story one, and they're doing another multiplayer one. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it's, wow, this it, is another it, game with a really long it, DLC tale. It's no four peanuts for twenty dollars. Well, or four twenty dollars peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, so this is going to be their only their only story based so, DLC. So Ryan, in your opinion, yeah. is it more important to have story based DLC or multiplayer DLC? I mean, it really depends on it. To me, at least, depends on what the thrust of your game was. Uh, and if you're one of those that you know straddles the line, like Call of Duty, you pretty much always expect you're not going to get any more story because people do the story and then they just play multiplayer, and that's what has the longest, the most longevity on that title. But if you're talking about something like Bioshock Infinite then people want more of the story. Obviously, that game didn't have multiplayer, so it's not really an issue, but... Sure, I guess if Clash it's a story the game, is the closest that it would get to multiplayer, yeah. just combat challenges. Yeah, I mean, if it's a story-focused game, then people probably want more story. That, that makes sense. So do you think Thank it you. makes sense for The Last of Us to have two multiplayer DLCs, considering the, the multiplayer was good, They had but an it wasn't amazing multiplayer... I can't talk today! Lots of player. Say, say it amazing way. lots of player. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, you know, so but their their DLC focus is on multiplayer, even though it was very much a story oriented game. Well, I mean, Last of Us is one of those games that you maybe necessarily leaves you in a place where you don't want to change the. Well, like they obviously had to go do a prequel to really do a good DLC okay. to it. Uh, so it depends on what your story that you told was as well. I mean, it'd be really hard to do DLC without backtracking for a lot of titles like. Mass Effect did it. Uh, I mean, and that's kind of frustrating. Yeah, I mean, uh, you when, don't you, wanna... when you're done with the game, and then you get set back in yeah. order to do things. It's it's disconcerting when you're reinserted into the story at an earlier point after you've already had some closure. So, uh, it's a fine line you have to walk with each title. Uh, in some cases, it's probably better if you have more story to tell to just go ahead and do a sequel and have a full story instead of a little snippet. Uh, I think Dead Rising actually had kind of an interesting idea. Even though I know uh, some people, I think Bernie says he got all his fill of it with just the little uh, Case Zero thing they released before Dead Rising 2. Uh, but to me, that was just a fun little teaser that got me interested in playing the game again. I liked uh, it. It worked for me. Yeah. Too. I mean, so if you are just trying to bridge between two large titles, that's pretty cool. Uh, the little droplets of story sometimes don't work out so great. I mean, like Burial at Sea so far has been kind of, uh, all right. It's not really related to the primary story. It's and again, al- that's an alternate universe. That's a story that took place after a, a single player that had a big closer. You know, you know, ended infinite. In, yeah. Infinite. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, no I'll fun. stop. <laughs> no. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's six one, half dozen, and other, depending on the title. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter and possibly you. your podcast. I have pamphlets. <laughs> you can level up to the special robe with for only $20. <laughs> the peanut encrusted robe? That's the peanut level, yes. Um, one of the other little tidbits of news. What's today? So this came, Wednesday. This came out today. Um, I guess it was uh, the new Wolfenstein game. Got a release date. And it was announced that it comes bundled with the Doom beta access. And other news... The Doom game, the new Doom game is not dead. <laughs> and it's been retitled. Just Doom. Yeah, so Doom. instead of being Doom 4, it's now Doom. Doom. So it's potentially a reboot. Or as it will be known, Doom 4, Doom. <laughs> Doom 4, Doom. <laughs> 
Yeah, so... Uh, Get Doomier. I, I think that game... I'm going off the top of my head here. I think it comes out... In, I know it comes out in May. I think it was like May 20th. I have notes here because it's going on news today, actually. Um, May 20th in North America, May 22nd in Australia, and May 23rd in Europe. Nailed it. I was right. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited about the game. I love... The old Wolfenstein. Are you excited games? about the game? Okay, yeah. Wolfenstein. Have yeah. you seen the trailer for that? Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they released a new trailer today to coincide with the announcement. It's very over the top. Oh, yeah. It's pretty over the top. I love uh, the very beginning. And, where it seems towards the end is like very influenced by Inglorious Bastards, it seems. But. What, what was the, 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 he was chasing a general death's head? <laughs> like, all, everything's like super crazy over the top. It's Wolfenstein. It is. I mean, it's pretty much the, Wolfenstein takes place in a very specific era. So it's like, you're going to tell sort of a story of this zone. You know, every game is like, all right, we're in the same era again. So you could call it kind of a reboot because it's probably well, no, this one's no, no, set no, like no, in the sixties though. Oh wait, Wolfenstein's not the reboot. Doom is. Yeah, and, well, and that's no, but I mean, Wolfenstein is a sense always a reboot because it's going to be the same time period. Like they're not going to gotcha. go now. It's Wolfenstein in space, space Nazis. Maybe I don't know. That was what was that? Um, if was, you would like to talk to me about licensing the space Nazis, uh, it was like that, there's that movie Iron was, Sky. Yeah, that's what that's it was. True. Yeah, that was, was a space great Nazis. space Nazi movie. That was when they went to the moon. They, right? to, they, <laughs> were, they were all on the dark side of the moon the entire time. <laughs> that, that's that's where Nazis go to hide. It's like roaches. <laughs> you turn on the lights and they scatter. Also Transformers, apparently. Dark of the Moon, very popular for Transformers. They were neighbors. <laughs> that's right and next that, door. Suddenly things make sense. <laughs> uh, um, here, let me. But, oh, yeah. oh no, you go ahead. You're still talking about. Well, uh, well, I was going to say Doom. I mean, at this point, I, I wonder if Doom is going to be just another. I mean, Doom has always been, or at least three was basically just an engine test, right? Right. I mean, the Doom engine was showed off with a little bit of no light and no flashlight, uh, and then other people bought the engine and made real games with it. Like, yeah, it's it was always, all right. But it's it always seemed like a tech demo in order to sell. Exactly. Well, I always thought that's what the Unreal games were. Right. Yeah. They were largely similar. tech demos. Mm-hmm. Which I, we haven't even seen our Unreal Tournament game in a long time. So yeah. Maybe they gave up. They're like, ah, people know that they want the engine. Yeah. Like, it'll be great. Just come back next year. We'll have some special things. Well, Unreal's definitely grown in popularity as an engine. And, you know, it's huge. It powers so many games. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe they don't, maybe have, they don't need it anymore. They don't need that marketing expense. I think their licensing was much easier to navigate than IDs was. Mm. Plus, they had a more powerful engine. Do you call it ID or do you call it id? I always call it id. I uh, like like id. the ego and the id. id. Yeah, yeah, either because they it's it's all lowercase. It is, and that's and that makes me go. Eh, is the id? I go with id. Okay. Well, what's the right answer? It's id. Okay, because I say it. Yeah. Oh well, as the, long the, as we have justification. Definitive. All right, I'm gonna read this. The Gus's agree. Uh, I want to remind everyone: this episode of the patch is also brought to you by NatureBox. Curbing your appetite doesn't get any easier just because you went on a diet. When 3 p.m. hunger pangs hit, you can tough it out and get cranky and lightheaded, or you can hit the vending machine and pack on the pounds. But now there's a third option. Snack smarter in 2014 with NatureBox. Sign up to NatureBox for great-tasting, healthy snacks sent right to your door. Of course, we're not talking about rabbit food. We have things like French toast granola, salted caramel, pretzel pops, dark cocoa almonds, and more designed to leave you full and healthy. Check it out now at naturebox.com. They've got zero trans fats, zero high-fructose corn syrup, nothing artificial, it ships for free, just like nature does. Right now, try your first order of Nature Box at 50% Delivered off. Delivered by, by squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> try your first order of Nature Box at 50% off by going to naturebox.com slash the patch. One word. That's naturebox.com slash the patch. You see it on the screen there. Uh, stop the vending machine madness. Snack smarter in 2014. 
Get a handle on your health and your hunger. Go to naturebox.com slash the patch. The, the hawk just swoops down out of the sky and drops it on your doorstep. And drops right? it. It's, it's like delicious how you get, goodness. It's like how you get babies, right? There, <laughs> no, that's storks. Don't be stupid. Well, well of course. Uh, there's a ton of different I things. I know. I from. wish hawks delivered babies. <laughs> that would be Well, it cool. depends on how badass your baby is. My second baby, totally a hawk delivery. Sorry, Eli. No. <laughs> <laughs> What, what delivered Eli? Uh, a tank. <laughs> um, interesting. He rolled up in style. What can I say? <laughs> so uh, Iron Galaxy, who developed Dive Kick, announced that there's going to be a new enhanced version of Dive Kick coming out soon. Super Dive Kick. Did you hear what it's called? Dive Kick Crouch? Dive Kick the Edition Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think, an, an awesome name for... Uh, for an, an updated version of a game. This one's coming to PS4 and Xbox One. What can you add to a game like Dive Kick that's already well, so perfect? So, I'm glad you asked. I'm right in front of me. <laughs> oh! Dive Kick Edition Edition adds blind select for ranked matches, introduces, introduces, introduces optional D-pad input for menus in addition to the game's traditional two-button setup. Every character in the game has also seen an array of stat adjustments, ranging from slight speed tweaks to major overhauls. No! So, I don't know if you ever played Baz. Baz has changed so significantly, he's been rechristened as New Baz. <laughs> <laughs> so, is they going to have a big campaign to bring back old Baz? Baz Classic? I, he might still be in the game as well. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, Dive Kick Edition Edition is also coming to PS3, Vita, Steam. And it's a free update for people who already own the original Dive Kick. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which is awesome. I mean, like FTL did that, or they're going to do that when Adv- Advanced Edition comes out soon. There is there's some new news about the Advanced Edition, wasn't there? Yes, I didn't put it in my list though. Let me look but it up. they were they fully explained um, one of the new races and some of the new technologies you can get on the ship. I'm going to vamp a little bit while we look that up. I believe one of them was a cloning lab where you can clone uh, crew members. And uh, well, that seems like them. a much more efficient way to, to do it than to hire them. All right. Plus, you don't have to pay healthcare. That's true. Yep, they've got a clone bay. It's an alternative to the med bay. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about healing them. Just let them die. We'll grow a new one. You've got hacking. So you can let's see. At the cost of a drone part, the system allows you to launch a hacking drone that attaches to a chosen system on the enemy vessel. As a passive effect, that system's doors will be blocked, delaying enemy crew, and you'll be granted detailed vision of that system. You'll also be able to initiate a hacking pulse, which affects each system slightly differently. Hacking pulse. Uh, mind control. Awesome. A backup battery. This is like a brain hacking pulse. Um, miscellaneous additions. Hole repairs, it looks like. Hole repairs. Yeah, for your ship. Sometimes you get holes. Isn't yeah. that what Dr. Luigi used to do? Sorry, that's a reference. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't. Do not. Wait, what? No, no. Do not engage. <laughs> oh, no. The Google image search yeah. Dr. Luigi is slightly different. Don't do that. No. <laughs> Sorry. You're evil. You're turning red. <laughs> You're so pleased with yourself. <laughs> My bad. But they, they still know. I feel like there's still no release date for FTL Advanced Edition. They, um, they, they just, I think all they've been saying is coming soon or coming this spring, I think. Whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. I don't see. I don't with see changes the like here these, yet. don't rush them. They've got to clone a few more people to finish off the game, and then FTL is still a game that I'll play casually. You know, I have been playing this game for so long, but still, like between other games, I'll be like, "Oh, me, I'll play FTL for a little bit," and then you sit there and just get so fucking angry well, at the guys, goddamn game. You guys have talked up so much, and I'm, I'm ready to play it. 
but I wanted to wait for the enhanced. Well, oh, if you buy edition. the normal version, it's a free upgrade. You get advanced. Well, yeah, but I want to yes. like I want all the stuff. You got to know class. You got to be like, oh, back in my day, we didn't have this fancy clone bay. Nah. I'm gonna go like, Neo Victorian. And I feel like you might be able to appreciate the clone bay more <laughs> once you've had to deal with the med bay for so long. Maybe. If you just Maybe. if you're just handed a clone bay, are you really gonna appreciate it? Uh, well, you could try handing me a million dollars, and I'll see if I appreciate that. I'll, I'll share in your good appreciation. things are always good. <laughs> Um, so, in other news, uh, it was revealed that I guess there's going to be a Tales from the Borderland panel at South by Southwest, and Tales from the Borderland is the Telltale Games game being developed, uh, set in the Borderlands universe. So, during South by Southwest, there's going to be a panel held by Telltale and Gearbox talking about what they're doing with Tales from the Borderland, which I'm super excited about. It'd be good to have some more details since Gearbox just came out and said, we're not even working on Borderlands 3. In fact, we're not even planning Borderlands 3 right now. We'll definitely do more stuff with it, but we've got all these other things going on, so just like, and eh, there'll be tales you, from the Borderlands. It's you, good. Yeah, you know what that makes me think? Borderlands 3 is being developed by someone else, that they're going to oversee it. Oh, God, I hope not. Hmm. I mean, I, I, obviously, I don't know. I'm just they speculating did. here. But, I mean, that seems like something that's feasible. They've already created the universe, set the rules, and set the tone. Now you can have someone else do it. And maybe Tales from the Borderland is oh, test. She's heartbroken to see if people how well people receive it. Gus, can't really you see you're shattering Borderlands her right too. now? Yeah, and three might be just as good. Developed by might someone else. Might be just as good. Yeah, that's the same hope that people have for Bioshock moving into two place <laughs> control. So what we did was we hired twelve hobos. They're going to be doing Borderlands three. Uh, Anybody off the street? Let's just make a game. Sure. Honestly, I thought the writing. Was fantastic for Borderlands Three. That guy, the um, the Hey two. Ash, what you playing guy, or oh. for two? Yeah, yeah, sorry, um, the Hey Ash guy, brilliant writer. Hey Ash, guy? very clever. He's um, he did the um, Hey Ash, what you playing videos. I don't know those. Oh, um, it's basically like a guy wrote videos and oh, his like, and he had like a psychotic sister who was always fucking with him, hmm. like turned his entire life into like a text based adventure game or like. Took a shit in his room. I don't remember exactly. Was, there's just lots of trolling, so, basically. Like she was psychotic. <laughs> no, I, those two. I think those things both happened. All right, cool. Um, but I like, uh, and he ended up getting picked up by Gearbox, and he did writing on um, on Borderlands too. And I loved the writing in that. I thought it was brilliant. And in fact, the um, Ash from that series is Tiny Tina. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Probably my least favorite part of Borderlands too. Bernie's too. It seems that she was a very polarizing character. Yeah. People either loved her or hated her. Bernie and I agree too much. I don't like this. I need to start changing my opinion on stuff. You're a cute couple. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, that's just my speculation. We'll obviously find out more about Tales from the Borderlands in a couple of weeks when South by Southwest kicks off. Oh, man. Is that coming back? <laughs> Every South year. By? All right. You cannot kill it. I won't be you here that week. You need neo-Victorian <laughs> badasses to show up and, and kill it. Put a stake through its heart. So, plan your driving. Yeah. Yeah, right. South, by, uh, South by Southwest turns Austin, which is already a parking lot, into an even bigger parking lot. Good thing I'm coming in from Corpus Christi. <laughs> every day. Yeah, every day. Four and hours back. each way. It, uh, is, it is four hours to get here, but not from Corpus Christi. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked a little bit about um, Unreal, which is kind of related to Epic earlier. I should have made this jump. Uh, I guess Cliff Blazinski has said that uh, his next game, he envisions being a PC game that's not distributed physically 
Which is an interesting tie into this too. Microsoft is also testing a lowered price point for digital delivery. Yes. Which is something that they needed to have done for a long time now, but I'm glad that they're finally getting on board with that. Yeah, I mean, if you're delivering digitally, you don't have to pay shipping or retailers. Or, yeah. And you can't resell it. Right. It yeah. seems like that should be a lower price point to begin with. It does make a lot of sense. I think the reason that both platforms have strayed away from that is because at the moment the brick and mortar stores have a lot of they have a lot of power because they can say if you're going to just discount the shit we're not going to sell it right because mm -hmm. why would people come here if they're going to go there and get it cheaper we're not going to we're not going to sell your stuff then which is pretty much I mean around about time when Steam and uh, and PC digital delivery came about the PC cabinet of any of the the brick and mortar stores pretty much disappeared. It became one tiny shelf that they would put mm -hmm. in the corner. And now it's just a bunch of cards. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it just disappeared. Um, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I remember now. Um, so I'm going to test it tonight, you know, because right now uh, I, I think uh, Microsoft's having a sale on Rise Son of Rome. I think you get it for like 40 bucks yeah. instead of 60 It's not a game I thought I was going to play, but I just got Fiber installed in my house, <laughs> and I want to test how fast the download is, and I want to <sighs> see from the time I hit download how fast it goes for me to actually I'm be able to play I'm just going to look so at you jealous. longingly for a few moments here. It's, we, it, it, don't, don't hate. It's only 300 megabits right now. I'm not hating. They're, they're going to turn it up to gigabits. This isn't my hating face. <laughs> this is my loving face. Oh, hey, what's oh, up? We looked it up and I can't get fiber. That's too bad. Now, I feel, now I feel like a hobo. <laughs> uh, so, I feel like the technological leavings. Yeah, we're going to... I'll test it out tonight. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll record it. You're like the how, people how living on Elysium and we're like the people on Earth from I that movie like, that I didn't watch. I feel like I just have a med bay and you have a clone bay. I know, right? <laughs> You're the future. Yeah, it is the future. So the, it, the install took like six hours. What? And they had to like bolt. What do they have to do? They had to... Well, they have to run the fiber from the pole to my house. Uh, so it's then, above ground. It's in the air. Yes. Then once it's run to the house, they install like a giant box outside the house that terminates the fiber and converts it to coa or it converts it to Ethernet. Then they have to run the Ethernet cable into the house to an another box that's about this size, and then from there, your actual with or without snacks. <laughs> There's no snacks in that box, okay. unfortunately. There's that a battery in it, <laughs> uh, and then from there, it comes out. Is and it feeds, crunchy? It Can feeds it be delivered my TV by Is it apple flavored? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we have some apple orchards granola. I'm going to eat the shit out of here once we're done. Yeah, um, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for us to not need that box to look pretty anymore. And, uh, and yeah, and then so then they supply the – or I, I went with AT&T. They supply – it's an all-in-one modem, router, Wi-Fi access point, and it's glorious. I bet it is. Eh. I bet it is. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you know how fast it goes. And Someday maybe it'll come to me. <laughs> Well, they're expanding. I think, uh, like where you all are, they'll be there pretty soon, and where you are, never. Yeah, me ever, ever, ever. <laughs> so, super in Corpus Christi, yeah. Super stoked to to try that out. My my ping in the Titanfall beta went from about sixty five milliseconds to twenty milliseconds, and I did not lose a single match of Titanfall last night. I'm not saying it's because of the fiber. I'm saying it didn't hurt. We had a term for you back in the day, the early days of Quake 1 video gaming, and that was a low-ping bastard. Yes. <laughs> You're an LPB. LPB. I remember that. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm definitely an LPB at this point. Hacks. I'm so jealous. It's awesome. Um, so one of the other things we wanted to talk about this week was the new Donkey Kong game that's yes. coming out uh, uh, coming out next week on Wii U. Sorry. Got a little bit excited. excited? <laughs> um, we were actually lucky enough to um, to get a code. Um, to play it early. So I actually, I, I downloaded it at home last night um, and played through the first world and I've just got to the second world and 
I'm just going to put this out there. I blow at Donkey Kong, so please <laughs> forgive this. So we, um, I recorded um, just a little bit of playthrough for the first world. Dude, this Ooh. game is beautiful. I mean, I didn't – so I played the original Donkey Kong Country um, on a friend's SNES, so I don't think I ever even completed that one. Mm -hmm. But I remember my impression of that being that it was, like, the most beautiful game I'd ever seen at the time. Yes, yes. And uh, this, it's still 2D, but it's got the same – like just that that it's, it's got a good gorgeous. color palette like uh and a and a good art style for that kind of game. I don't even know you could really consider this truly 2D anymore. It's got uh, kind of a parallax thing happening as you move around. Too. Yeah, but I mean that they had that in SNES with like the mode yeah. 7 stuff. So and that was definitely 2D. Yeah. And that when if, with F0, you know, when you would like turn and the ship uh -huh. was like all parallax and then pilot pilot wings pilot wings was, uh, no, pilot pilot wings was, was 3D. Oh, pilot wings was? Yeah. Mm. I never played pilot wings 64. I flew around I rented that from the store. And uh, flew around for like a day. Still couldn't figure out what the game was about to go back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this... So I didn't get into New Super Mario Brothers um, as much as I had hoped to. It just didn't grab me the same way. But I woke up this morning and I was like, I wonder if I can fit some Donkey Kong in before I have to go in. <laughs> so that's a good sign. And I'm planning on playing it more when I get home. It plays really well. And you have different dudes you can choose from. So you know how in the original Donkey Kong Country you had... Um, you had Diddy Kong, and he was your buddy. Well, there's there's Diddy Kong, and then there's the grandpa Cranky Kong. Um, oh, Cranky Kong's my favorite. Cranky Go Kong. figure, <laughs> big surprise. And uh, and then there's the the girl um, Dixie Kong, and um, they each have like when when they're with you, they they are kind of different power ups. So Diddy Kong has a jetpack, so when you jump, you can hover a little bit longer. And uh, Cranky Kong, he like when you jump, you can. Uh, you can bounce like he uses his cane to bounce. So if you've got like spikes or something on the Pretty ground, you can sort of like guy. bounce across them instead of actually like landing on them and taking damage. Uh, and then Dixie Kong, she's got like a helicopter ponytail. And so she sort of has a like um, when you jump with her, it's got a bit of a hover and it goes in sort of like an S shape. Hmm. It's a lot of fun. Have you ever attempted to use your hair for levitation? No, I'm trying to grow it out to that point. Okay. Yeah. Report back. Will do. Absolutely. So, so uh, that game was developed by uh, Retro, which is an Austin-based uh, game studio. Good job, Retro. Re I like you. Retro also did the Metroid Prime series um, back in the day. I'm trying. I was trying to look it up. They did the Metro Prime trilogy, uh, and I think that's what they were really known for. Now they've been moved over to handle this. So what you're saying is, now that this is coming out at the end of this week. They're going to be working on Metroid, right? You heard it here first. <laughs> we'll see. So the last Metroid game they did was, well, they did Metroid Prime 3 Corruption and then Metroid Prime Trilogy, which came out in 2009. They did Donkey Kong Country Returns in 2010, Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS in 2011, and now uh, Tropical Freeze 2014. Well, I, I didn't realize that one of Nintendo's star studios was Austin-based. Yeah, that's, I mean those are those are some pretty high profile Nintendo games. Yeah, I mean it's like flagship titles, you know, Metroid, Mario Kart, Donkey Kong, and it's being handled, you know, I here know why, in Austin. I always thought those were all done in Japan. Yeah, that's what I that, did that's too. what you would think that it's mm -hmm. it's it's one of their, you know, internal first party studios. And Retroid is Retro is essentially first party. I mean all they do is develop Nintendo games. Right. But, they're, but the difference they're being here. that they're here. Yeah. We can take them to lunch. We can. <laughs> and they're up and they're, they're, I think their studio's still up by like the domain. Okay. Uh, so like up in up in North Austin, I went there once years ago back in like Metroid Prime, like, or Metroid were you Prime invited, days. or did you just show up at the I door? Stalker style, man. <laughs> I was looking through the blinds. 
What are you uh, working on? Hey, what's is up? that Donkey Kong? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the old looking one? Give me some spoilers. <laughs> uh, but and it's funny you say that. There was a, a discussion on Polygon. Uh, uh, they actually do like this Google Hangout thing where they talk about different topics. And one of the things they talked about is, is Nintendo's best development house now in Austin, Texas? I'm going to say yes, just because, well, <laughs> one, they're here. And two, I like those games. Yeah. There you go. They're, they're still not handling marquee Mario titles. Either they're not, you know. Well. On that level. you got to work your way up to Mario. You can't just jump straight into Mario. They're getting there. Who knows? Maybe they'll be promoted since Miyamoto's not working on Mario anymore. True. Maybe. But I'd much rather them to work on new Metroid. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've had a really good Metroid. Yeah. I think the, the last, I mean. Let's put together I, a PowerPoint presentation. I think the last Metroid I really played through completion was the SNES with Super Metroid. Yep. Me too. That was a fucking awesome game. That was a tremendous game. Did you see the uh, during that last charity event, there were people that were doing speed runs of it. Yes. The uh, what was that? Awesome games done quick. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, and I think the the crazy thing about it was the fastest two guys did it almost exact same amount of time. I mean, they were within like forty five seconds of each other. Wow. Playing through the entire game. That's an amazing coordination of events. Mm-hmm. To have to pull off and keep to that tight it's, of a time frame. It's almost like watching the Olympics, where it's like these people mm-hmm. do these crazy things and then finish within hundredths of a second of each other. Yeah. And it's like that's the sliver of time that separates you from being awesome <laughs> and sucking. I oh. also really like the idea that like in that community, these people are gods. Mm-hmm. They're like, do you have any idea how fast I can get through Metroid? <laughs> like that's like that's their thing. And everyone is like, Holy shit, you are the best. <laughs> and I then hope they I can do that too. And then they're, you know, at the bus stop and they're like, Guess how fast I can get through Metroid? And everyone goes, no, they're like, bullshit, they don't believe you. They're like the kid who lies about everything. That's they're true. like, let me prove it to yeah, you. Yeah, sure, kid, sure. I used to take a lot of pride in how fast I could get through Mist once I figured out that you'd only had to open the one box. <laughs> so I just memorized the code for it, and then I could get the last page and be like, ha, finished it in like a minute and a half. Suck it, Mist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're, we're out of time. This oh, thing's dead. Nah, that thing sad. lies. So we'll be back uh, next Monday with another episode of RT Podcast and next Wednesday with another episode of The Patch. Till then, enjoy your snacks. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.